Hey, everybody. Welcome to EMS Underground. I'm Charles McFall, and today I'm going to share some of uh, the funny stories I found online uh, from EMS. Right. Uh, uh, I, I, I can't, I'm tired today. I'm tired. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. My brain's not working right today. I'm having a hard time moving forward with anything. Uh, my projects, just I just get mental creative blocks on them and i'm stuck on things and and i'm a little stuffy and that happened within the last like 20 30 minutes so i i yeah it's one of those days so i figured you know what everybody has those days right we have to get up get on the truck and we get out there and we just don't want to deal with people we don't want to do anything and we're just let me just sit here and veg um, but we got, we have to, we have to work, right? We have to go out and run the calls. We have to take care of what we have to take care of. So uh, I decided, you know, I need to laugh and let me find something to, to, you know, boost me up and cheer me up. And I decided to look up funny EMS stories. So here's some that I found on the web. We were called to Loma Linda University Medical Center to pick up a 5150, which is a psych patient that I'll call Bob. We were... We were to take him to a behavioral health unit. It was the sort of call none of us liked because it didn't require a paramedic unit. But at the time, that's all our company sent. My partner drove us to the emergency department parking lot to park. As we approached the parking spot, as we approached, where are we? As we approached the parking spot in mind, we noticed a common a commotion going on just outside the emergency department entrance. A circle of the approximately a dozen... Man, I'm sorry, I can't read for crap today. A circle of approximately a dozen medical and security staff was formed around a guy. The guy was in a karate-style fighting stance. (laughs) Threatening anyone who approached him. The staff looked flustered and was trying to figure out what to do. It was like a scene out of one of those old Chinese martial arts movies. The hero surrounded by enemies. We nosed in about a dozen yards away, looking at my paperwork again. I had an idea. I stepped outside the ambulance and called out, Bob, hey, Bob, is that you? The fight-ready guy in the center of the circle, jerking his head around, looked at me, his eyes dark with excitement. Who's asking? Who are you? I answered, Bob, we're your getaway van. Get in. We got to get out of here. (laughs) And I went to open the side door. After pausing just a second, Bob ran to the side of my ambulance and jumped inside. I quickly... I, I told him to buckle up, buckle in quickly so we could get away. Outside, the group of nurses, techs, and security looked completely confused. I located a nurse who had his charts and signed for the patient taking his paperwork. <laughs> uh, getting inside the ambulance, I introduced myself to Bob as a safe house liaison. He was seriously deep undercover, born style, and began telling me about his adventures as we drove to the behavioral health center about 10 minutes away. This is genius. This is hilarious. <laughs> I needed this. Seeing how agitated Bob was, I told him the overhead vents, the fire sprinklers, were releasing slow-acting sleeping gas and that we would all start to become sleepy very quickly. You need to fight the gas, Bob. Don't go to sleep on me. We need you to stay alert. Bob yawned in acknowledgement of this warning and managed to stay awake until we got him to his room and the transfer to the safe house was completed. That is brilliant. That is great. Hey, Dennis Slayton. Hey, Nicole Spencer. I'm well, Nicole. Oh yeah, the okay. I haven't seen the EMS gummy bear. If you can, I, I, I'm asking you to do work for me. 
if you can link directly to it, because I think right now on the show, digging in, I might have to find it later, but uh, just reading, the it's not just a gummy bear, the um, sugar-free giant gummy bear, man, those reviews are some of the best reviews. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll deal with that text later. So, uh, what are some of your funny ones? Now, I this is, again, a story I didn't do. Uh, my EMS instructor, uh, one of my EMS instructors who will remain nameless, uh, he is an old-time paramedic. And this is back in 96 I went to EMT school. And uh, he was old-time paramedic at that point. And so um, he had all kinds of stories. And EMS for Athens, right? That's where I went to school is Athens, Georgia. And at the time... Yeah, there was Athens Regional EMS and St. Mary's EMS. And Athens Regional was in the ER. That's where they were housed. And you were supposed to go out to the ER and work when you weren't running calls. You know, help out, give a hand. Well, there's a similar thing where this person, this psych patient, something was going on. There's a lot of yelling and commotion and security's coming. And I got to tell you, some, I, I don't know how they hire all the security, but I know some of the security is just people like, what I would have been, just somebody off the street, didn't know any training, anything, and they're all kind of staring at this guy who's standing on top of this patient bed, threatening to fight anybody that comes near, and he's got the high ground, right? And they're looking around, and, and of course, it's a funnel into the door, so nobody's not quite sure how to handle this, and, and he's throwing things. Well, my instructor, the way my instructor tells it is he's thinking like a paramedic, just go ahead and handle business. So he walked in to the ER room, Grabs the sheet the guy is sitting on and wah, pulls it hard. And whoop, there goes the guy, and down he went, and everybody security jumped on him. And he's like, yeah, I tell that story to tell you. That might not have been the best way to handle things. You might just want to stand back and let security do things for you. Um, I, I don't remember if I had anybody that was like Bob there. Where uh, Do you have any Bob stories, any kind of psych patients that that uh, just told the funniest stories or you had the, the funniest time? helping them out or working with them. I mean, I had one, I had one where, uh, um, is a head injury. So yeah, you know, we have a dark sense of humor as paramedics, right? As medics in the field period, we have a bit of a dark sense of humor. And I had this head injury where they're doing repetitive questioning. I know they're not going to answer. So they're just asking what happened, you know, what's going on, this and that and the other. And I just get this weird hair, Every once in a while, it tickles my brain. I do something dumb. And so uh, my, my partner sitting in the back, we're being driven, driven into the hospital. And what's that? You know, you were in a, a car accident. Oh, well, what happened? You went through the windshield. I did? Yeah. You, and, and that's exactly what happened. You hit your head. We're taking you to the hospital. Okay. Now, when he wasn't asking repeating questions, he actually could answer other questions. But he was just he could not remember what we told him. Right? So after like the fourth or fifth time of that question coming up, what happened? Dude, aliens are real. What? What? Like, yeah, man, don't you remember? They came down and they were trying to jack you out of your car, dude. No way. What did they do next? Yeah, I like, I like, oh, you won't believe it. They took you on this crazy ride and they've erased your memory. And that's why you can't remember anything. It's like, holy shit, man. And he's just like, and the paramedic partner was sitting there going, <laughs> he was laughing. He's like, what are you doing? Like, he's not going to remember. And sure enough, in three minutes later, he's like, wait, what happened? What's going on? And it was just for, you know, entertainment of my partner there. Okay. 
Here's another one from online. This is from a former paramedic. I have two stories, both of them more of embarrassments to me. And that's the other thing. What, what, what's happened that's embarrassed you in the field? You know, what, what's something that's gone on uh, on your calls that may have embarrassed you? And, and for those of you listening to the podcast, you know, you can come on Facebook. You can email me, charles at gaims.com. That's G as in Georgia, A as in Apple, I as in Indigo, E as in Edward, M as in Mike, S as in Sam, gaims.com. You can email me these stories and I'll leave your name out of it. I'll, I'll, I'll protect you. It's fine. I'll love to do a volume two, volume three, you know, real life stories of what you're going through, but at least share it with your partner. You know, I'm not telling you to go out and be dangerous today and do something stupid. I'm saying share the stories with your partners as you're, you're sitting and waiting on calls today and share them with me. I want to read them. I, you know, let me, let me back in right now. I'm at home and I don't get to go out. I don't get to be on the truck. I miss being on the truck and having some stories. So here we go. This is from uh, somebody online here. I started my EMS career as a basic EMT volunteering for GAVAC, the best ambulance squad I've ever worked for. Well, okay, you're volunteering. For several weeks, I rode with another EMT or a paramedic so I could learn. One day, the paramedic in my ambulance told me that he wanted me to call in the report on the patient to the hospital. I tried to say no, but in the end, I had to learn how to do it. I was so incredibly nervous. I ran through my mind several times everything I was going to say. Then the time came. I contracted the hospital and gave it a go. I was so nervous that my voice was shaky. As I spoke, I tried to think at the same time of everything that needed to be said. I ended up saying negative chest pain in the groin area. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I was so nervous that I didn't even realize what I had said. The nurse on the other end didn't respond right away. When she did finally come online, she asked if the patient was complaining of pain in his chest or his groin. I remember thinking to myself, that's a weird question. Why is she asking that? I confirmed that he didn't have pain in either area. I I, I will, Roy. You know, I got I to do my eight weeks, and then I'll get back on. and We'll ride, man. I'm up uh, To make matters worse, back to the story, to make matters worse, when we walked into the hospital, a group of nurses, doctors, and patients care technicians had gathered around to see the idiot who said negative chest pain in the groin area. And they all had a laugh at my expense. Now I'm going to come back to that because she transitions into another, another story here online. Um, and so, so Roy, Roy and I, okay. So one of the funny stories I can tell from Roy and I was, um, he and I are both big. Uh, I, I, I don't know how much, I think you, you were over 400 pounds at your heaviest Roy. And you're like six nine, six ten, something like that. I'm six seven. I was three eighty at my heaviest, and we were working together at probably at our heaviest weights. And we're huge guys, right? And National EMS had given us a backup truck, which is like a, a smaller van style ambulance, an older ambulance to uh, run calls in because the main truck was getting maintenance or whatever. And Chuck freaking Savage. And I know I just told this recently around Roy. Chuck Savage, man. We were all, they were on the other truck. And they were waiting out in front of our bay for us to come out uh, so we can all go get breakfast or lunch or whatever we we're going to go do. And Roy and I get in the truck, and the whole thing just sinks down. It's just the shocks don't handle it. It sinks down. And on the PA system in front of God and everybody, Chuck Savage. Uh, let's see if I can make a PA sound here. We're, yeah. That guy in a little truck. 
fat guys. You know that song from, from Tommy Boy, "Fat Guy in a Little Coat," and and y'all, all you can do is laugh. All, all Roy and I could do was laugh. And getting in the back of that van, there was no real getting in there together. It was crazy. Okay, so back to this online story. At some point, oh, fast forward a couple of years later. Now I'm an AEMT. I well, what, what? This person, um, whoo, I don't know about this person. This kind of sounds fake to me because she, this, she says I'm an A-EMT-I. So you're an advanced EMT intermediate? That's, that doesn't make sense. Working and attending paramedic school. We get a call from an in, a mass casualty incident. No one was dead, but there's over 200 patients. So EMS service were taxed to say the least. There was a large multi-floor office building in downtown Albany, New York that housed many different companies and hundreds of employees. At some point during the day, employees noticed an odor. As the day continued, over 200 people became sick. They complained of headaches, fatigue, dizziness, nausea, and even vomiting. At some point, I was put in charge of triage. I had to quickly evaluate each patient and then give... Okay, yeah, yeah, get to the funny. So she's doing triage. Okay. Uh, I was standing on the front steps of the building where people were sitting and waiting to be triaged. My back was to the street, and I was bent over using my thigh to write on the color tags. All right, so she's using her leg to brace on. She's writing on the tags. The next morning, I woke up to a phone call from my boyfriend. He asked me, did you see it? I was like, see what? He told me not to get upset. I asked him what the hell was going on. He told me to go and get my newspaper. I get the newspaper, and my boyfriend instructs me to look at the front page of the local section. I pulled out the local section and took a look. The photographer decided to take a picture of the front of the building where all the people were lined up waiting to be triaged. <laughs> so in the very center of the large picture taking up the front page was my butt. They also decided to title a picture of my butt forced out by fumes. <laughs> uh, wow. So yeah, that you go, you're not going to live that down. Uh, it's going to, it's going to take you a hot minute. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. So, uh, uh, you know, you don't live things down, right? In EMS very often. It, it, you make mistakes. It takes a while to, to live down mistakes and, and change things. Uh, there's a medic, Eddie, that worked with Roy and I, who was, he was a nice guy. He was a good guy. He's a good medic. I'm trying, I'm trying to phrase it correctly. But he had this way about him that just kind of, he's kind of a frat boy. He was kind of a frat boy, if that gives you an idea. So he, he kind of just said things and, and did things to shock people a little bit, and he was funny that way. Well, he decided to ride a motorcycle one weekend and crashed it. Now, instead of going big or going home like I did, when I wrecked my motorcycle, I severed my the muscle in my leg. I, my ACL was gone. My M, M, MCL was damaged. And, I mean, I got transported to the hospital by ambulance. You know, well, he just wrecked it. Maybe it was a bicycle. I can't remember if it was a motorcycle or a bicycle. But he, uh, he, he somehow hit a curb and fell off, but he knocked his tooth out. And, man, nobody gave him any grief on it. I mean, no, I mean, sorry, no, nobody gave him any peace for it. We all gave him grief. And the ER, our ER, who he liked to mess with, decided to get him back. And they got a little white chiclet piece of gum and a... a and a paper clip and made him basically braces to put the, the chiclet gum in the spot up for his tooth. Uh, yeah, you'll never live stuff down in EMS, man. Well, you, you all grow it, right, Roy? I mean, you'll outgrow stuff, mistakes that you made, and, and ultimately you'll make new stories and you'll do new things. 
if you last long enough. But yeah, I can imagine getting your butt put on the front page of, or even in the local section. I mean, it wasn't front page, front page, but putting on the front page of a mass casualty incident <laughs> in the newspaper. You know, that's got to be all over the EMS station and the fire stations and everywhere. All right, here's a different story from online. We got called to a well-known address that an autistic guy in his mid-20s lived at for the usual call that we got at the address, suicidal suicide attempt. The most severe suicide attempt I ever saw attempted by this guy was jumping out of a first-story window that was four feet above the ground, and the window was above a large bush, but I digress. This particular day, we got called for suicidal ideation at the address. We arrived on scene to find him sitting in a chair, commas, can be talking to PD. I asked him what was going on. And he said that the devil had been talking to him again. I was telling him to go outside and jump in front of car. Uh, so, and uh, the devil was talking to him again. I was telling him to go outside and jump in front of cars. And then the devil told him to call an ambulance. Okay. It's, I mean, it's autistic. What are you going to do? You can't follow the brain pattern sometimes. And without missing a beat or engaging my brain, Oh, that's where we get in trouble. I got a failure to engage the brain story here to tell in a second. Without engaging my brain, I looked at him and said, was well, a good thing the devil called me up and told me to come and take you to the hospital. Dude gets a weird look in his eyes, jumps up, runs out the door with all of us following him, hustles across the lawn to the truck, yanks open the side door, jumps in and buckles himself into the car and tightens the straps. I don't think it's supposed to be car. And sat there excitedly asking me how long it would be until we left. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I was working a cardiac arrest with five other. Okay, this is a different story. I was working a cardiac arrest with five other people while I was a medic student when dispatch called out over the shared PD EMS channel that there was a report of a man, a boy, and a dog somewhere in the park, and one of them had a gun. <laughs> this park covers several hundred acres and in the middle of the day has thousands of people in it. And did the dog have the gun? <laughs> all work, all, all work on the cardiac arrest came to a stop for about seven seconds while we all busted out laughing. Uh, so there you go. Okay. All right. So failure to engage the brain. I, I, when, when I'm tired and this is what I needed, my brain's waking up. I, I'm getting fired up now. I can get some stuff done, but, uh, when I'm getting, when I'm tired, I, you know, I go on instinct. I think as we all do, right? We can run that code. We say in our sleep, obviously we're not really in our sleep, but you've had little to no sleep. You're exhausted and you can run a perfect code. But our mouths, right? Our mouths do not work appropriately when we're exhausted and tired. And so I get called to a possible domestic uh, incident, right? To these apartment buildings. And it's, I mean, I maybe have been asleep for an hour. Now, this is on 601. So, this is a truck that shift changed at that time, at least, at 630 in the morning. And and that's not for me. That's just, a, that was just horrible for me. I was getting up at 530 in the morning to get my coffee, get in the car, and go to work. So, from 530 until 9, 10 o'clock, we had been doing things, running calls, whatever you have to do. Right? So, I maybe had an hour and a half roughly of sleep when we get toned out to this domestic violence call and so so we go to this call police say it's all clear of course it's it's dark as crap but you know all the flashlights and everything going on 
and I come up, you know, with the police and into this apartment building and the lady standing at her door and I can see, you know, as I do, I'm seeing safe, right? Even after the police are there and I'm trying to gauge where everybody is and there's this couch of people on, you know, sitting there inside the house, you know, just off to the left of the door and she's kind of standing there and, and, uh, can you, can you tell me what happened? I got in a fight with my boyfriend, husband, ex, whatever he was, and he punched me in the face. And I was like, can I get a light? You know, I can't remember if I had my light or my partner or the cops. Like, can you shine a light on her face for me? And I'm going to take a look at it for you. And I, I'm literally not one eye open, but I feel mentally like one eye open, right? Like, all right, let me, let me see your face. And I mean, it was swollen. There was a shiner. And before even, I well, failure to engage the brain, right? No thought process at all. Woo, he got you good, didn't he? And immediately her adult kids come off the couch. Just what the you mean he just i like oh i mean my other mental eye open like whoa what that's not i'm uh, no i uh, uh, and she's like y'all shut up sit down that's not what he meant y'all stop it he's here to help y'all sit down i'm like okay i mean my, i mean i know my face is wide open i'm like i am sorry about that would you like to go to the hospital it's not what i meant can i help you thank you for saving me um and the cops are trying not to laugh Try not to, you know, do anything. And she's like, no, we're good. I'm fine. I said, I'm going I'm to check out just a little more. You know, I went above and beyond to check this patient out now, right? Because I just totally screwed that up. And, uh, yeah, man, she she got it. She understood what my mental capacity was trying to say and that there was no malice there. But her her kids were not, they were not happy. Uh, uh, that, was a, that was a bad one. Another one, talking about cardiac arrest, right? I love doing airways. That was my thing when I was a paramedic. Because uh, my my EMT intermediate, right, they could do IVs, and that was something they were good at. And I could do the airways, and, and you know, firefighters could do the CPR, uh, or whoever was with us could do CPR. And so that's how it go. It's like, I'm going to get the airway. You're going to get the IV. You know, we're going to keep doing CPR, so on and so forth, right? And we're doing the call. We're doing the call. And I'm just in my head. I mean, I'm like zoned out of everything. The call's running. So I'm like just focusing. And they're, I don't let them stop CPR. So I'm trying to get my airway. And I'm focusing. And you know, I get it in. I get you know, my tube out. And in my head, you know, I love the Muppets. And for whatever reason, you know, that's going on in my head, right? Welcome to the Muppet Show. And I'm just, you know, just flowing. And I get it, you know, get the tube in perfect, and I get it out and inflate it, and I put my bag on. Like, can you listen? You know, about that time I look up, like, hey, can somebody check breath sounds, right? Because I see the chest rise and fall. Everybody's, I mean, they're working, but everybody's looking at me. And I'm like, what? I got the, what? I got the airway. Did I get something? And like, you're, they literally said, you're singing the theme song to the Muppet Show. What are you doing? And I'm like, oh, was that out loud? My bad. All right, but still, can you listen to my lung sounds for me? Um, yeah, man, stuff just happens. I got another. I got another uh, story about not engaging the brain that I might get to here in a minute. Let's see. Okay. All right. So this is everybody puts next to their name what they were doing. This is on Cure Quora, and uh, I guess you. Okay, it must be a category that they have because I, I thought this guy was being dumb. But he's not. Never mind. I'm moving on. Okay, here's a couple of stories from this guy. 
we got call. I haven't read any of these. So, you know, I'm, I'm just taking them as is and, and processing it as you are just live. We got a call for a burn patient at a local country club. Security told us to pull around back as that was the closest access to the patient. We parked. We noticed that there was a lot of water running out of the back of the kitchen, but we didn't think anything about it. So we just pulled the stretcher through it and went around, went and found fire in the patient. He was a cook who had accidentally poured a huge, oh, a huge pot of grease on himself. He has, oh, so that's not water, is it? It's grease, probably. Uh, he had second and third degree burns and was in a lot of pain. We loaded him up on the stretcher, moved him out through all that water again. Went to load the stretcher. My feet kept slipping. Come to find out they were washing all the grease out with all this water. So basically, we were walking in grease. We put a sheet down on the pavement to get enough traction to load the stretcher up. It was like we were standing on ice. I about fell as I tried to get back. I tried to get in the back because I had so much grease on my boots. We, we got the... Mm, hold on. All right, excuse me. Sorry about that. When I got up to get stuff for an IV off, I would slide. Oh, so when I got got up, I would slide. Uh, I did get orders for morphine for pain relief and gave it. My partner gets into driving. Her boots kept slipping off the gas and brake pedals. That's a lot of grease. Now, normally, we run emergency to hospitals with it. Roy, I don't know if you're still here. Do you remember we had to wear patent leather shoes that those shoes had no grip, right? And this is in the early days of National EMS. We had to wear patent leathers, and those shoes just had no grip whatsoever. And so you would always, uh, they were baby snot slick, man. It was, it was never good. And I never had to step in grease in these, so that might be the kind of shoes that they have to wear. Because I know the boots that I buy are anti-slip, you know, waterproof, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so uh, gas pedal, where is it? Um, gas pedal, okay. Now, normally we would run to emergency to hospital with this kind of patient, but that would just make sliding worse for me. And we're only a couple of minutes from the trauma center. So I told my partner just to run non-emergency. I just could not see putting our lives in a public arena. Okay. Um, eh, that wasn't that fun. Okay. Uh, late Saturday night, early Sunday morning, we got a call to an overdose in a parking lot downtown. Now, a lot of kids party real hard downtown, so this wasn't an unusual call. Got on the scene with fire and cops, and we find a guy about 30 who was standing, staring up in the sky. We all look up to see what he was staring at, but none of us could see anything. The patient wasn't talking, wasn't doing nothing, but enjoying the tri- his trip and breathing. He did stand still and let fire take his vial signs. We dropped the stretcher and tell him to hop on. Didn't move a muscle, just kept staring up in space and enjoying whatever drugs he was on. I checked the sky again. Ended up bending him like Gumby, bending his knees and guiding him down to a soft landing on the stretcher. Then we lifted his legs and spun him around so he's on our stretcher correctly. He wasn't uncooperative. He just didn't do anything but stare up into space. Loading him up, took his vital, I took his vital signs again and began. And besides his staring problem, he was rock stable. We didn't get his driver's license out of his pocket so I could. Oh, we did. We did get his driver's license out of his pocket so I could fill in a few lines on my report. But it wasn't much because he wasn't talking. I thought an IV might be a good idea as they might give him something at that hospital. I set up my IV, got a tourniquet on his arm and straightened Gummy's arm out. I prepped the site. Oh, I can see this is not going to do good. I prepped the site and went to start the IV. He started playing tag with it. Every time I get near his arm with the needle, he would try to touch it with the other hand. Finally, after a couple of attempts, I gave up and told him, I guess you don't want an IV. We got to the hot. Okay, so that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but yeah, I can see that coming. 
we got to the hospital. My partner pulled the stretcher out, and the dude unbuckled his seatbelt, pulled his legs up out of the straps that were over them, and spun around and set sit sideways on a stretcher and sat there staring up at the sky. He settled down. I checked the sky again, and we wheeled we wheeled him to the ER with him sitting sideways and his feet hanging off. Got to the bay, lifted his legs, turned him around so he was on our stretcher right, lined him up at the hospital cot. I said, okay, bud, move over to the other bed. Nothing. I repeat my request, the same response. Why am I not surprised? The nurse looks at me like, what is wrong with this dude? I now know what we had to do, so we lowered both cots, stood Gumby up, moved him around, and sat him down on the hospital bed, swung his legs up. I didn't get back to the hospital. Fi- okay, that's still is interesting. It is interesting. I'm going to jump to Reddit real quick. I'm going to read you one from Reddit. I'm going to read you a couple from Reddit, and then I'm going to be done uh, for today. Okay, some funny stories from Reddit. One of my fondest DMS memories will always be the time that my best friend and I ran a stroke call. The patient is acutely altered per family, positive on the Cincinnati stroke scale with normal glucose levels. We opt to fly the patient due to the distance to an appropriate facility. So they're, they're stroking out, right? While we are on, while we are in the back rocking and rolling to the LZ, I am in the captain's seat charting and my friend is on the bench getting a line while I look up to see the patient's bottom dentures flop onto my friend's arm. I don't know why they say friend. It's a partner. You know, it's your, your, your coworker or whatever. My friend looks up to see if there's a sign of recognition in the man's eyes. When the patient <laughs> sneezes a powerful man sneeze right slap into their face. <laughs> and this Alabama paramedic says it was beautiful. It still makes me laugh. Oh, oh that is harsh. That is, that is hard right there. Okay. All right. I had a 91, this is first month working on an ambulance. I had a 91-year-old patient in the back. I wanted to see if he was alert and oriented. So I asked him, do you know where you are? He says, an ambulance. I said, you know what day it is? He says, Wednesday. I asked him to know who the president is. He paused for a good minute and finally says, uh, no, nah, I'm not reading. Okay. Yeah, I'm not reading that one. Uh, yeah, okay. It just got stupid. Yeah, you got to be careful with some of these, right? I don't like you know, how some of these go. Last one. Let's see if this works. Text page. A text page goes out at 2 a.m. for an ambulance level sick person. Description. Man says that he thinks there's a bug in his pe- Oh, a bug in his penis. Oh, no. I'm thinking, great. A crazy person. Exactly what I want to deal with. That's okay. My mind went to literal. Their mind went, went to psych uh, patient. Yeah, I hope it's a psych patient. Oh, Jesus, I hope it's a psych patient. Uh, Okay. On the scene, the guy's butt-ass naked holding his penis. I mean, really white-knuckling it. Clearly, it's a psych patient, right? Nope. Oh, no. He's a little freaked out, but clearly, at least marginally sane. He's holding his penis to keep it from crawling deeper. Oh, no. Anyway, he doesn't really want to go to the hospital. Ask us what they would do there. That's the best call I've ever made to MedCom. Long silence between my explanation of the situation and the attending doctor's response was golden. Apparently, they offered him the option of forceps if it's relatively shallow or fluids to force it out with urine. So I finally convinced him to go. Here's the punchline. He had seen it just as it was crawling in there. Oh, it's a cockroach. Oh, no. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, oh. Now, here's the thing. 
they said when he spilled that little little tidbit of of information, it took every ounce of self control not to crack up. I felt so bad for the guy. TLDR, it's a literal co- cockroach. Oh my god! Oh, oh no! Oh my god! If I had to run that call, I I think I'd be freaking out like I am now. Oh, oh Lord of Jesus! All right. I, that, that's the one to end on right there. Mm. Mm. I'm feeling a little nauseous. Oh, it has nothing. Oh, oh, no. All right, people, live in clean environments. Clean yourself. Protect yourself. Because, oh, Lord, that is horrible. All right. <laughs> you got stories. Gross, funny, however it goes. Charles, whoo, Lord. Charles at G-A-I-E-M-S dot com. Hit me with those stories. I'll protect your name. I'll, I'll keep everything HIPAA relevant. Uh, and, and, and yeah, I just want the stories like that. I just want the adventures. Ooh, that's rough, man. All right, I'm out of here. I can't do no more. Thanks for watching. I'll be back next week probably. <laughs>